Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was Christmas in prison, and the food was real good. We had turkey and pistols carved out of wood. And I dream of her always, even when I don't dream. Her name's on my tongue, and her blood's in my strain. Wait a while, eternity. Oh, my nature's got nothing on me. Come to me, run to me, come to me now. We're rolling, my sweetheart, we're blowing by God. John Prine there. Christmas in so prison. Good. Boy, so we good. miss John Prime. So, years ago, however, I got put on my heart to get into prison ministry. Served it for eight years in the uh, Kentucky penitentiaries. Met a lot of good uh, men and women in it. On the uh, not only in the program, but also you took there, me out there once. Yeah, there were residents. You've been to the. You went to. The, yeah, you took me out there once, and uh, uh, we got let's to the stop gates. This. Stop got- right there. Let's just stop right there. <laughs> I might have had something in my vehicle I shouldn't have had, and then yeah. I said, "Wait a minute, we got to go dump this somewhere." You hid it in the bushes at the insurance company down the street. <laughs> We went back and got it afterwards. I was like, oh, my God. You're going to go back I was like, are you going to get me locked up in prison? That's just a little sidebar. What happened? So I went to a prison visit with Dwight. (laughs) They're not back yet. No, of course. But I I met so many great friends that I'm still friends with. There were actually residents Mm -hmm. there. And one of the dearest friends to me and Susan, I mean, boy, I'll tell you. Uh, we've been friends for years and years now. Probably one of my best friends is Tony Batten and his wife, Tammy. I met Tony in the penitentiary of Kentucky. And uh, let's bring him in right now. Tony, how you doing, Hoss? Hey, Tony. Doing good, doing good. Listen, out, out of all my friends, I got to tell you, your story is just amazing. I'm so proud of everything that you've accomplished. That's a story to tell another time. Because let me, it, it's just spectacular. You, you, sh- you really need to write a book. You really do. Uh, but let's talk about the topic at hand, and that's Christmas in prison. Uh, when I was visiting you and others in the penitentiaries, uh, there was always a sadness when I was leaving. I could see it in your eyes. I could see it in other residents' eyes because it was over. And quite frankly, it was sad in my heart, too, because I wouldn't see you again for a week or a couple of days, whatever it may be. But it was really hard around the holidays because I knew what you men and women in prison were were, were facing, of course. Uh, but talk about your first Christmas in prison. I, I, I can't imagine the loneliness that it must be. Well, and, and there again, Dwight, um, my first Christmas in prison was many years before you and I had met mm-hmm. as a young man up here in Ohio. Um, it is... It's heartbreaking. 
it's heartbreaking and it's it's a tough not not just for us but what our families are going through yeah it's it's you know you, you want to be home with them you you want to not not just open presents but eat that meal and you have done something to remove yourself from that and uh the guilt and the shame is overwhelming we were we were talking to you one night uh, one year it's been probably five years ago um it was six to eight uh, we had you on. We talked about Thanksgiving in prison, and one yes. of the, one of the things that all the inmates would do collectively, they would go to commissary get get stuff. You're you were formerly a chef before uh, before you went in. When I met once you. a chef, always a chef. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, he's still a chef today. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. he has a really good uh, living out of. It. But but let, let's talk about that. You made you all would make your own Thanksgiving. You were usually the chef of the deal out of whatever you could with necessity. Do inmates? Some inmates, is there any kind of gift giving that goes on within the uh, walls of there, or is it just pretty much if we don't talk about it, we're not going to think about it? Not necessarily gift giving, but yeah. it, it, you know, you, you reminisce. Uh, we yeah. talk about our families. You talk about Christmas past, um, the good memories. Yeah. Um, and, and then and you think about the ones that aren't here anymore, you know, your grandmothers, your mothers, your fathers that, that have passed on. Um, I not not necessarily say tears are shed, but there's a lot of emotion at that point in time with with the with the men you become closer with. So, do they treat you all differently on those two days? I, I think there's a couple of avenues here that I think Dwight was alluding to was whether you know we all know in general population of them you know not in prison suicide rates are up right after the holidays because oh yeah the suicides are, are very high. You will have. Um, uh, there again, uh, in corrections officers, they are ranked much like military or law enforcement. You'll have captains, majors, and, and so on. Um, you will see them high-ranking officers uh, throughout the institution um, around the holidays, on, on Christmas and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just there again, keeping an eye, giving giving a kind word, um, and, and just looking for signs that, that maybe somebody is not doing well. And and not being able to handle the situation. I, I, okay, I, I don't want to sound like a movie here, but do they play Christmas music? Okay, so I, I'm, if you're laying in bed, it's dark. I, it's after. Oh my lord! And okay, you know, I grew up in the 1970s, so every prison movie had a guy about four doors down playing a harmonica. Right? That was the uh, that was yeah, the right. prison scene. Right? It was the harp playing, uh, and that's the only thing that was echoing through. Uh, but do they play Christmas music, or do they sort of like to Dwight said, was, you know, they stay away from it as much as possible? Take us back to laying in your cot. After lights out and and trying to absorb Christmas Eve in prison. Well, it, the institution does day by day, three hundred sixty five days a year by the book. I mean, it's it's the same every day. Um, it's more the inmates that that will improvise and stuff like that. Um, I know for a lot of us, we will watch uh, Christmas shows on our TVs. Mm-hmm. Um, I always enjoyed, I can't remember his name right now, the ventriloquist, uh, with all the, uh, puppets with, um, Jeff Dunham, Jeff Dunham, 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 his, his Christmas special, you know, that always put a smile on my face, you know, it'd take you out of the moment for a minute. So that, that was my outlet. That was my outlet. You know, others might put headphones on, listen to Christmas, but the institution as a whole, no, they very seldom do anything outside of the norm they you, you get a little better of a meal that's pretty much about it 
Well, you know, there was a point in my life where my, and, and you know this, but we're, you and I are dear friends. You and I have been really good, oh, yes. f- close friends, and your wife, Tammy, for years and years and years now since we met. And we I did meet you in the penitentiary. And we thank you for taking the fall for Dwight. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Right. Somebody right. Had to, somebody had to be my friend. You did it. But it looks, and I did it. <laughs> and you did it. And I'm grateful. I'm a better man for it. I really am because uh, the, the things you've accomplished and the things you've showed me have been outstanding. But let's talk about, we're talking Christmas in prison with a former inmate. Um, let's talk about visitations and how much that might mean to someone that's in the penitentiary system. Because you just can't show up and visit somebody. At the time, it might not be It might not be the same way. It's been years since I've done this. But you had to allow me to come and visit uh, with a form. But getting a visitor, whether it be a friend or whether it be a relative or whoever, how important is that to an inmate during oh, the holidays? Those, those those are incredibly important. You know, like I said, it, it, Kentucky was not my first experience in, in the institution's uh, penal system. Um, and I'd had visits in previous ones, but when I was in Kentucky, I had actually, uh, the four years I was inside, I'd done that four years without a visit, wow. without a phone call, and without a piece of mail. Oh my Nobody gosh. knew where I was at. Oh, my gosh. If it wouldn't have been for the bridge program, you, Dwight, and many other volunteers, I would have had no outside contact wow. at all. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. I, I, would, yeah. I like to get into why no one knew where you were, but that's a later uh, topic. So uh, so now that you're you, – how long have you been out of prison? Uh, going on uh, – May will be 12 years. 12 years. 12 years. I, I, so I, I, I still... is – is because Dwight and I will sit around – we're cynics. We have to. We get pissed off because we have to go over to this house yeah. and what do we got to do for Christmas? Yada yada, because we're terrible people. But is is Christmas mean a little bit more to you because you spent oh, some time? Absolutely, absolutely. And and there again, even before the institutions, uh, my life was a shambles. Um, you know, and there again, there's, there, that's a topic for another day. But you know, meeting my wife, getting married. Uh, stepchildren, grandchildren, um, you know, I waited many years for the family unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's everything to me. It's absolutely everything to me. Everything I do today is for my family. So, yeah, Christmas is, is, is so much more special today. Well, listen, we want to thank you for sharing your story. And at some point, I want you, no kidding, I, I think you need to write a book because is the second that you got out after we met, some of this thing you 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 worked so hard just to get hired at any job. You had a bad hip, and with a bad hip, you would ride a bicycle, or because yep. you had no car, you, you had no car. You would ride yep. a bicycle with a I didn't have a license with a busted up hip, and you it, yep. hurt, it hurt you to walk, let alone ride a bike. You're just a your persistence is amazing. Tony Bell. Well, it's all about relationships. And Dwight, yeah. yours, yours is, is one of the biggest ones, along with many others, many others. 
Despite having a relationship with me, he was still successful. Yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> right, right, right. Take, I don't put, I, you know, I, I, no, it, 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 he can't take a compliment. Don't worry, don't worry. He's tried to say thank you so much for what you did with that prison ministry, and you can't take it. You've got to well, cut yourself down. No, so let's, no, let me just talk about prison ministry for a second, because the first time I sat down, we is these hard-ass stainless steel tables. You know exactly what I'm talking about. The second, oh, the exactly. second you sit Hubcaps. on it, Oh my gosh, it's just so painful. I, I can't imagine sitting on those every single day. But the very first night I met you, you said, I don't care what you, what, uh, you said. I don't know if I believe in anything at all. I have no idea why I'm here. I was like, cool, let's hang out. We didn't talk about the Bible. We talked about heavy metal. And the next day we talked yep. about heavy metal. But then slowly that morphed in with both of us, man. So uh, it was all my pleasure. And I could tell you this, and this is from the heart. Every single time that I went there, there were times that I was after working all day, I just wanted to go home and go to sleep. But there was there was never one time that I had left the penitentiary and not thought, oh, my gosh, I, w- I wish I wouldn't have done that. I was always so filled up with joy every time I left just after meeting with you guys. So uh, it was my pleasure, too, Tony. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Dwight. Thank you, Dwight. Thank, Thank you, Tony. Yeah, tell your lovely wife uh, that we said hey, and then uh, Merry Christmas to you. Oh, wait a Merry minute. Merry Christmas to you, Hang all on. you guys. Evidently, a 14-year-old girl uh, thanks, snuck in here and just <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Uh, sneezed. All right, I love you, brother. I'll talk to you uh, soon. See you, man. Well, love you. Bye. See you, Merry Christmas. Well, Steven Spielberg is uh, evidently apologizing to the sharks. He issued a heartfelt apology to the entire shark community. Is this this like a sick sniffle or sneeze, man? It's just allergies, man. It's just allergies. Relax. That's the kiss of death. Do I look sick to you? Yeah, you always look... Thank you. As my aunt would say, puny. Thank you. Spielberg. Oh, yeah. Steven Spielberg, uh, he made a blanket apology to the entire shark community for Jaws being released in 1975. Uh, it appears this, he says, led to the decline of the shark population. You have a different view on this, and I do yeah, too. Yeah. Uh, especially, uh, well, no, it says it here. Especially with fishermen that got into shark finning, that's when you slice off the no, fin. No, there's like, only a certain segment of the uh, planet's population that eats uh, shark fin soup. It's a delicacy. Shut You've up. You've never had it, Fauci. It's, they think it has healing properties or, you know, it, it does not. It, it doesn't even. So I believe it's the it's in the Asian areas in China is the one of the worst when it comes to finning. Spielberg says that he truly regrets uh, the decimation of the shark population because of the book and the film Jaws. Uh, he did. He, I mean, you got to admit we all hated sharks after the damn movie. Well, no, no. You know, I, I'm just scared to death of the things. Yeah, I know. It affected you the rest of your life. I, I, right. Listen, my wife would turn on the pool light at night, and she'd go, let's go for a swim. I was like, no, no. it looks like Ben Gardner's boat scene. I'm yeah. not doing that. I know. Uh, the director says there's no such thing as a rogue, rogue shark that acquires taste for human flesh. Well, that's your... Since when are you a sharkologist, Steven Spielberg? Okay. Huh? So before the show, is that a thing? A sharkologist? No, no. Okay, it's not. Sounded cool. Um, so, um, before the show started, we were talking about. I sent a video. It's hot. To no, not that one. Okay, sorry. the other one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where uh, Quint Robert the, Shaw, Robert Shaw, the actor that played Quint in Jaws, mm-hmm. Robert Shaw was talking on a, t- a British TV show about 
you know, his dad had committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Talked about his dad that was a doctor in Scotland, and it was in the, you know, northern Scotland. It was like these little islands. He was a doctor for these little islands, and that he had a, a medicine bag on each of the islands. So he went to deliver a baby or do whatever mm-hmm. to each island. He would jump from the boat and swim to the island, and then someone would meet him there with his bag. And this cold ass water. Too. It's Scotland, dude. Yeah. Okay. Not to mention, Nessie might eat you up. Nessie could eat yeah, you at that's that a point. Pro- that's a- Right, Spielberg didn't do a show about Nessie, no, did, she, what about, did he? What about that, Spielberg? No, but his dad had killed himself, and he didn't know realize what year he did. No butt was my nickname in high school, because look here. Cause yeah, I know. got no butt. You act like I haven't seen your no butt. Jesus, just hang off of me. It's like I got a crack in my back. It's an extension of your back. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, so Spielberg apologized to the shark community. Uh, you know what? He can do that because he he's that, got sure. 400 other movies that did it just as well. <laughs> What about the extraterrestrials? Yeah, you you think? That, Thank uh, you. You don't think that we know that big Reese's pieces is behind <laughs> your uh, film ET? Now is the new movie out? Is that about his life? I didn't know there was a new movie out. Yeah, it's, it's about his life. Rick, do you know what I'm talking about? It's called yeah, the, it's uh, the Fablemans. I think the Fablemans. It's I think yeah. It's, they said it's not exactly his life story, but loosely based on it. Hmm. They're saying this is it, but he's he finally is. Everyone's like, we've been waiting for it. I'd like to see it. Yeah, me too. All right, man. Short break. We'll come back. Um, Eju. Oh, baby. Eju. How was your fourth quarter? I bet it could have been better if Ejuve, E J O O V, took care of your shipping and they were your warehouse. Listen, if you run a business, if you own a business, the last thing you need to be worrying about is staffing your warehouse, having a warehouse, and, of course, the shipping. That's where my friends at Ejuve, E-J-O-O-V, they come in and they help it. They take it off your plate. So instead of worrying about e-commerce, instead of worrying about staffing your warehouse, well, you're worrying about growing your customer base. Growing your profits, that's what you need to be worrying about. Let Ejuve be your warehouse and let them take care of all of your shipping needs. It's what they do. Plus, they're not going to ask for a long, lengthy contracts. No. Ejuve, E-J-O-O-V, they're going to take you on month to month. Why? Because they want to earn your business. And believe me, Eric and the gang at Ejuve, they will. Ejuve, E-J-O-O-V. Hi, this is Joe Elliott from Def Leppard, and you are listening to Tony and Dwight. When you have people that grew up in this town uh, come into the studio, and we talk before we go on the air, words like the Galleria get thrown around because that's where we are now. The old Galleria, which yeah. was 4th Street Live about 40 years ago, mm. ran its course, and then obviously that's where we are now with 4th Street Live. But yes... We're going to bring in some folks about some rock and roll, yeah, baby. baby. More importantly, Louisville, Kentucky rock and roll. When I was a kid growing up, boy, did I love Buster Brown. Ooh. Later, John Johnny Edwards wound up taking the place of Sammy Hagar in Montrose and then la- later replaced Lou Graham and Foreigner. A lot of great musical history here in Louisville. And by the way, Johnny Edwards, our guest tomorrow. But in the studio with us today is Ray Rizzo and a Louisville legend in my eyes. Uh, Jimmy Brown. Hey, good morning, folks. How y'all doing? Good morning. Good morning to you guys. First Thanks. of all, let's talk about how much you've affected the Louisville community, including me in a big, big way. I want to talk about Guitar Emporium. That is a Louisville landmark. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. 
It was quite a career, and uh, glad to have it. Met a lot of uh, interesting people, you might say. Well, let me let's say, let's talk about that for a second. I want to talk about this gig too because this is spectacular. The idea that y'all came up with, and I want to attend it, by the way. But let's talk about a guitar emporium. It was so well known that musicians, when they were in town to play a gig, Billy Gibbons, he would come by there. He would check out what you got. I mean, all oh, yeah. kinds of different musicians from all different kinds of walks of or types of music, right? Pretty much, although I, I, w- I would say it was mainly the the, the world of rock yeah. for the most part. Uh, although, uh, when, when it comes to meeting, say, celebrity people, the one yeah. that really stands out was in her heyday meeting Joni Mitchell. Oh, oh no kidding. Oh, so Joni man. Mitchell wouldn't consider that a rock artist. No. But she's, uh, she she's left, next level. Uh, she, yeah, she left an impression on me. Okay. <laughs> but, but, but you're right, you know, but you know, the bottom line to any of that kind of stuff is, I find, uh, and I was just a kid when I started doing this, you, you, you know, just treat everybody the same, right? Yeah, yeah sure. You know, yeah. and uh, that's, that's all that is. Well, you, I'm sure you taught people how to, obviously, a lot of uh, kids come through. Is that what you did at the guitar point? Yeah, owned Lessons? It. Well, lessons. you know, they, they a, a little there. bit. Uh, it was really a vintage guitar shop mm. because that's what I enjoyed doing when I was in high school. I've got a uh, 51 Nocaster replica that I got from oh, Guitar okay. for you. I was about to say when you said 51 Nocaster, no, no, if you no. would have stopped there, <laughs> we would have changed what we're doing here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> However, but, but uh, oh, we could... You should have me back if you want to talk about this, because we'll be here all freaking <laughs> yeah, day. Right, and I do want you back. And that's a, it's a, but it's a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I love messing around with old guitars, and and, and a lot of people, you know, really appreciated them, and, and uh, so we got to meet and hang with a lot of. Um, what do you call it? Famous and interesting people. Yeah, now you know. That and by the way, that should be a feather in your shop's cap, because these national artists, these rock stars, they sought you out and they took time. We're talking big names too, big well, big names, you know. Yeah, that, that, and that was part of it. <clears throat> However, and, and it's true, you know, from A to Z, we able to do business with lots of lots of people, and it was a fun thing to do. In fact, the first time I ever flown on an airplane, I was 18 in Uriah Heap, if you remember. Of course, yeah, stealing what I should have been buying. Flew me to Miami for three days as an 18-year-old. Wow. uh, As my wife put it, if you ever saw the movie Almost Famous, that was actually my story. (laughs) (laughs) But, 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 however, though, and and then we'll move on here. However, I learned about that, that, you know, it's great to have experiences with famous people. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Well, you find but out a lot about them, too. You, you, you find out that they're just regular people yeah. like us, uh, uh, for the by and large, that's right. what it is. Yeah. The, but, the older but, rockers. But, but really, uh, two things. The, the first would be uh, that everybody's the same, really. You know, I, I found that, you know... The average person who plays music guitar for the love of it, whether it's a you know weekend warrior in the in the church band or yeah. whatever, whatever it is, you know, <clears throat> those are the ones that keep a business going. Really, 
I got one more question. And, oh, go no, keep going, keep and, going. And and then just to clarify <clears throat> that that you know you brought up my my former business. I retired from it eight years ago, so I no longer no longer been associated with it. Right. I wish it well, of course, and all that stuff. But it was it was a nice thirty eight year run. That's for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know that, that, that speaks volumes. Just <laughs> stay in business that long. One one last question. Okay. And I'm a guitar player. I'm a horrible mm-hmm. guitar player, but I'm a player nonetheless. Do you enjoy it? I love it. Then you've answered oh, everything. Oh my gosh, I love it. But what is it about? No matter who the guitar player is at any level, talk about you know Steve Rivon level or just the guy mm-hmm. that's you know playing three mi- blind mice, whatever. Once you get a guitar, you want to get another guitar. What, what <laughs> is huge, what, right? what is that? Dude. That is a really good question. I mean, be- I mean good because. For your it's, it, it, it is good for business, however, because I was really uh, driven to a degree by being able to sleep well at night. So I never made a lot of money, number one. And, and number num- number two, I never really promoted this whole notion of if you get this guitar, you'll be able to sound just like so-and-so. Right, right, you right, know, right, right, and, right. And, that, and that's a real sales pitch, but I never was comfortable doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I never was comfortable doing that. Um, so what drives people to get another guitar? For some people that are in a, in a financial position, uh, that one guitar might draw a song out of you. Mm-hmm. And so some people, some artists, I would say, the real right. artists, creative people, yeah. you know, th- that's a motivating uh, factor for them. And for some people, you know, if one is good, two's better, and three's even better, right? Right, right. <laughs> well, we all, uh, we all in this room, uh, raised around our age, uh, I think, uh, a little bit older maybe, but we all grew up. I When I was born, it, the the guitar riff was already there. Yeah. It was sort of the thing, right? So the guitar's been around for hundreds of years or whatever, yeah. but the screaming guitar riff music was our heyday, right? So, uh, right. But then now, that's kind of... so. I used to go watch local bands and guitar players like Screaming Johnny Hawkins and all those guys yeah. and cry, literally almost cry watching this guy play guitar. Now my son's 19 years old. He watches. He doesn't understand guitar-driven music. Like he's doesn't. He doesn't. Right. That generation is now. There's one guy on a stage. And there's not even a band. Like, you try to explain to them, you know, all six people have to play at the same time. Right, I'm really right. good at the same song. <laughs> That's called talent, and I, I won't get into it. But how do we get that uh, driving guitar back yeah. into pop music, Ray? Well, um, I, we could use this week as an example and, and just cover some songs that came out of Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> talk, but talk yeah. about this. It, it's yeah. going to be a tribute uh, to Louisville and Kentucky music. Yeah. And I think it's fantastic. Talk about the event and where people can uh, go see this because it, just the concept for me has me excited. Yeah, it really does. We're putting this show on Friday at at Headliners, and uh, it's eighteen and over, and it's the second time this band has has played. But it's 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 also a, a show that's been in a series of shows we've done over many years, uh, starting with a project called Mother Lodge, and uh, basically we a band gets formed for the evening. Right, and uh, we've never had less than thirty people come through the stage. It's a joke at headliners. <laughs> how many? You know what the record is going to be? Right. How many people we're going to have? Can I play triangle? Absolutely. All right, I'm in yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, we're, we only know yes. Maracas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, the idea that that uh, started last year, which has been uh, such a thrill, has been because uh, Jimmy and I have been doing these shows for years now. 
Uh, and uh, we decided last year with all these tribute bands going on, uh, let's be a tribute band for Louisville music and Kentucky oh, music. Oh, cool idea. So, and uh, we all grew up, like you were saying, going to see bands that just made us cry and made yeah. us want to play. Yeah. Yeah. So that alone has been just like a wellspring. And it's, it's brought people into the band that, that you know, for just from we played our first show in, in last July and we're playing on Friday and it's already brought new people into the band and, and we want to have it be a kind of a rotating door so that we each time the band plays we can invite more people we can add you know new songs we'll learn new songs every time mm-hmm. and there's so many great bands and so much great music that actually came out of Louisville, Kentucky. The first one that always comes to mind for me is Eden Street. And I think that's... Oh, yeah. in the early that, days, Soul Inc. was so important uh, yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, to the music scene. Uh, yeah, King, uh, we do a rugby uh, song. Right? right? We do a rugby song. Yeah. Now, you talk to the older guys, and they, you know, the first time they saw Soul Inc., and they had matching outfits, they were all like, oh, my God, they have matching jackets and <laughs> yeah. ties. It's insane. Um, for me, it was the Carl Casper Battle of the Bands oh, car show. Yes, yeah, I was, yeah, I was, I was yeah. 12 years old yeah. and, the, and yeah. i'm the oldest guy in this room right now but i was 12 years old saw soul incorporated yeah. oh wow i've never forgotten that moment yeah. it yeah. makes wow. an impact city yeah. lights remember city lights oh, sure. uh, city lights had a, it was named after a bar was it not there was a bar there was on a yeah. bar called city lights yeah. and they had an album i remember being a kid and going we have a local band that has an album at city lights and i couldn't believe it uh but there right. was you know the 90s were insane there was about 400 bands just kicking well, it so at, hard yeah at one point louisville it's, it's, seattle had had the whole grunge mm-hmm. scene, but at one time Louisville was a music scene. Love yeah, yeah. Yeah, people right. yeah, yeah. Danny Flanagan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, and we should mention too. Uh, it's funny that we haven't mentioned it yet, but uh, the the night is gonna on Friday. We're gonna have the Everybody Band play. That's our band. But we're also going to have a set by Love Jones. Oh, oh yes. my God! Yes, yes. who yeah, are yeah, like yeah. the kings of yeah. that era. That's yeah. <laughs> awesome. And, dude. Uh, yeah, it's very exciting. They're going to be uh, debuting some new material and you know playing some of their favorites, or, you know, fan favorites, of course. But, and it, you know, it's because that always. I want to walk in the room, and we'll all probably know everybody in the yeah, room, right? Of course. Right? But we all are yeah. old now. It's funny, because right. I always expect to look, you know, like, what do they look like in 94? Uh, but now we're, we're like, hey, man, look around the room, we're all old. Uh, but it's, They're uh, not dying their hair. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Uh, Or their beards, for sure. But, uh, but man, it was just uh, music. See, I love the concept I do too. of the local, you know, you're going to cover local bands. That's cool. I think that's neat, and I think it'll drive a lot of people do it. Yeah. And it too is the genre. So I guess it would be the genre will be all over the place. It'll right? be all over the place. And also it's a lot of generations. Like we yeah. have, we have a lot of musicians who are like, you know, some older players like us and, and also younger players. Um, I, we've got a couple students from male high school who are joining us. So we really want to like, Make it something that remains inclusive. Oh, and, that's awesome! Yeah, and yeah, just has a rocking good time. And, and the music is all over the map. Yeah. yeah, it's rock and roll. It's country. It's some some jazz, jazzy yeah. stuff. Some it's medicinal. Look, funky it's, stuff. Uh, I think you know we look. Music can heal the soul. When you, I mean, we think about it, could take you to a time or place. Um, you could feel so depressed. And yeah. then put the headphones on right. and go somewhere else right. for the next three and a half minutes. Amen. And and that's better than popping a pill or doing whatever you're doing yeah. is, is, you know, put that song on. And, and that stuff is, man, it means something. It, yeah. Nothing brings back a memory quicker than a melody. Absolutely. And, and, and with that, and that in mind, so 
this this performance that we're going to do, and we're going to pay tribute to Louisville and the state of Kentucky. Okay. And so, okay. Yeah. Uh, let us know where, where, and when. Yeah, and we're how. doing late. We're having too yeah. much fun. Yeah. Oh, that's season. cool. So yeah. Let us know where, break. when, and how. Yeah. It's Friday at uh, seven thirty. Doors are at seven at Headliners, eighteen and over. Uh, I can't remember the cover. the The proceeds are going to the Hemp Hill Community Center in Eastern Kentucky for uh, flood relief. Oh, nice. awesome! Great, and, great uh, idea. Yeah, yeah, it'll be the Everybody Band playing two sets, and Love Jones playing a very special set. Oh, yeah, right that's in the middle. Right there. Well, Ray we'll help Rizzo, you with some social media and all that. But that's a great idea, gentlemen. Thank you so Ray much, Ray Rizzo, Jimmy Brown. Thank, thank you, you for all of the good that you do for the neighborhood, too. By the way. All right, back after this News Radio eight forty W H N. A busy day today, that's for sure. Back from vacation and a Monday. I know a lot of people take uh, the next couple of days off, and we're in and out. And Dwight and I have promised we're not going to really try that that hard doing the show the next. Not couple. that not that's going to make a difference right. if we're not trying hard or not. Mm-hmm. Hey, thank you to our guests uh, Ray Rizzo and Jimmy Brown. You just heard them. We couldn't quit talking to them, man. These guys are so interesting. We could do a three hour show, and they keep doing good for the neighborhood every single year. Join us tomorrow with our guest Johnny Edwards. He took Sammy Hagar's place in. Montrose. Then he took Lou Graham's place in Foreigner. Now he's taken Jim Morrison's place, kind right, of. Okay. Find out tomorrow. <laughs> All right. And then Carla Nora, thank you for your list of pet food that is safe for your pet, uh, right? It's, mm-hmm. It was called Pet Food at? Uh, pet, pet Food at uh, Human Superhumanradio.com. Super, super no, .net. Dot net. Okay. Get that list. He's got 300 uh, different types of uh, pet food for you on that one. All right. So, and of course, the mulligans for kidneys. Uh, we want to thank Leanne Saylor for coming on also. Thank you, Rick, for producing. We'll talk to you soon and we'll talk to you tomorrow morning. The boys are coming up next. And of course, the legend, Terry Miners, at three o'clock on News Radio 840 WHA. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.